Hello and welcome to Tidbits at TicketBud with me, Kay Hanamati, CEO of TicketBud. And today we have Clint Kolfus, professional gate manager for large-scale events. Uh, Clint, thanks for being with us today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. So, Clint, uh, how did you first get in, started in the event industry? What attracted you to the pro- profession and, and what's kind of been your roadmap? Well, um, I kind of always had an interest in music and and large shows and growing up in such a small town I never had the opportunity to go to those types of things um, everything was really far away my parents didn't really support it um, so I graduated high school I moved to Austin um, you know looking to go see my first festival at 18 years old I'd still never seen one um, and I came out here I went to ACL I started going to shows and this and that and um, I was going to school for something totally different. I thought I wanted to be an architect, and then um, I was just getting real fed up with the math, and, you know, um, such a long course. I would have been in school for years. I found uh, that ACC had a music business and performance technology um, associate's degree I could go for, and I changed my... I switched schools and moved to ACC, saved money, and got into something that I enjoyed doing a lot more. And probably, it was the second semester I was in school, I got an internship with uh, C3 Presents. Um, I got really lucky. A lot of people wanted to intern for C3. It's a big company. It's probably the second biggest in the world, I would think, production-wise. Yeah, and that's what got my foot in the door back in um, 2011. So tell us about the skills and the expertise that you learned uh, in the industry, uh, either working at festivals, and tell us about the skills that you bring to the table when an organization contracts with you to help uh, run the gate or or box office at a big event. Well, um, I would say most of the skills I acquired through wristbanding people outside of emos and stubs and um two local austin institutions two of the biggest ones we got out here um helping get the crowd control down out there and it really wasn't part of my job description i was in box office i was just supposed to be ticket ticket coordinating and dealing with guest list and will call and um you know making sure all of our logistics are right and our tickets but Sometimes the security guards couldn't handle the crowd control, and we'd get out there, and um, that's where I kind of got good at crowd control that brought me more into the management side of ticketing and handling gates and handling box office. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is um, is like working a couple shifts at Emo's for a sold-out show. It's just... a chaotic nightmare of kids lined up hours before nobody listens um you just got to know how to get a handle on people and make people look at you and listen to you is that speaking with authority is that it's speaking with authority looking professional um you know you walk around and, and talk and act like you know what you're doing people will pay attention and listen i feel like um I feel, I feel like a lot of it's like the way you dress too. Like I like to you know, usually wear all black and, you know, people will see my radio on me and everything and my flashlight and like, all right, this guy, he's got a badge and all that. He probably knows what he's doing. We should listen to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so walk the walk, talk the talk. Oh, yeah, definitely. You just finished a long engagement uh, uh, for South by Southwest. 
Uh, can you tell us about your role a little bit this year? So for South by Southwest, um, I got recommended to um, one of the biggest ISPs for you know um, events, festivals, um, a company called Right Round. I was doing technical support for them, a network technician, and uh, I'm I'm just now sort of trying to broaden my horizons in the IT and networking field. Um, it's always been an interest to me. I've always grown up in front of computers and I like the internet. It's really fascinating and it's a really powerful thing. Um, I was in charge of about eight different networks throughout the festival. Um, the first network I set up, I probably had about 2,500 feet of ethernet cable. We also ran a a solid fiber line for them to live stream the whole performance to Japan. Um, we had probably about eight different switches, 10 to 12 different access points. It was a huge network. It took us about four days to get perfected, but you know, that was my first big network and, uh, I think I handled it pretty well. And throughout the rest of the festival, every other network I had set up, you know, it was, it was a lot easier and I had a more grasp on things and knew how everything worked from setting up that massive network to going in and setting these one day networks for just a client for a day party. Mm-hmm. What uh, what trends did you see at South by this year? Do you think are 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 new or different than years past? Either in the attendees or attendance or technology or, or anything. I would say this year the no- the difference I noticed was everything was a lot more crunched together. Um, in terms of timing or space? Uh, in terms of timing, like I feel like I'm pretty sure they had the week a, a little bit shortened. They just called it South by Southwest Week this year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff overlaying on top of each other with the tech and the film and the music. Um, I was expecting on my first day that the streets would be empty, but I was already seeing badge holders way before South, week, South by Southwest Week even started. Um, also, a lot of the bigger um, the bigger clients for South by backed out this year that you know there was no um, I never saw a lot of the big huge free parties you know the Thrasher party wasn't there with Converse and all that at Fader Fort you know a lot of the big free stuff wasn't there and they tried to make it more of a you know a smaller band local venue type thing mm-hmm. which I think is great for the city Back to sort of the, the earlier roots of South By. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I recently read an article of South By had written about them wanting to do that, and I'm kind of glad they're taking steps to get it more in that direction. So if, as, a, as an industry professional, you think that change is well-received? Oh, yeah, and I think that the, a lot of the local, the local patrons are a lot more satisfied with that. You know, um, a lot of the people that come in from out of town from all over them... Uh, I'm not so sure, but I feel like more of the people that come from out of town or other countries are either here more for the tech side of it. Mm-hmm. And I still saw a great turnout um, on the tech side. Just a lot of good attendees from all over the world. So, so switching off from South By, just back to general uh, gate management, when, uh, when you're thinking about a large-scale event that you're doing gate management for, um, what do you look for when you're building an on-site staff for a large event? Or do you look to colleagues, professional networks, and volunteers, friend groups? How do you build out the staff to make sure that 
gate management is executed well? Um, whenever I build my staff for gate management, I usually have a handful of guys that I've worked with in the past that they have a experience with dealing with lines and wristbanding. That's where you can really slow down if somebody's dropping wristbands all over the place and mm -hmm. fumbling here and there. And um, just people that have a voice, people that can, you know, that aren't afraid to raise their voice and, hey guys, move the line this way or this way, come this way for this, come this way for that, have your IDs out, you know. Just the common sense things that a lot of people have shown up to the festival, you know, maybe their first time and they don't know that. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't sound rude to people. You still got to hold down a professional and welcoming vibe to your patrons. They're paying money to come and spend time at your festival. So you still want them to be happy when they come through the gates. So I feel like, you know, it, you, it can, it, you can, <clears throat> messed up. You can kind of uh, be a little bit lenient on people that are just, you know, checking to see if somebody scans through the gates or just scanning, but um, I usually like to go with people that have more experience. I'll give people a shot. It's not really hard to do, you know. Mm -hmm. You just got to be the right person for the job. Mm -hmm. So what makes for great on-site operations? Do you have a game plan or best practices? Do you huddle up with your team the night before, the week before? What What's your recipe for success? I feel like everybody knowing how everything works, where every patron is supposed to go, um, you know, there's usually a lot of different entry points for different types of credentials at festivals. Signage is a huge key and must for me. I, I love signage everywhere. Um, also, if it's a late festival, lighting for wherever entry points are. So if it's any type of QR reader, you know, RFID chip scanners or different types of things you want to have good lighting so all of your scanners and your hardware works, um, making sure your network's set up right and you have strong internet connections everywhere for all your scanners to, you know, relay all the information back to your logistics of everything else. Um, I just feel like those are the main things and just making sure everybody's on the same page and prepared and has everything they need, well-rested, fed. Mm -hmm. You order know, order a pizza a couple hours before. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's long days, and some people, you know, they can't handle standing out in the cold for 10 hours, but that's, like I said, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know you know what you're signing up for. So some gate personnel for, for large community events tend to be volunteers. What are the most important things that you need to teach a volunteer in order to prepare if they've, you know, never done gate management or checking people in before? How do you prep them, pump them up, give them a... Uh, you know, the, the coach's speech in the locker room, so to say. Usually if it's somebody new like that, I would like to, you know, type them out like a, a little reference, you know, to most commonly asked questions, where certain patrons that aren't allowed in that actual entry point need to go, where that is, how to get there, this and that. Um, so a little cheat sheet. Yeah, just pretty much make sure that they're going to know how to answer just about any question, if not there's my number or my radio channel right there, and you can give me a shout, and I'll be right there to handle the situation. So always being accessible in case something needs escalation. Oh, absolutely. So what are some of the best practices for, for managing a line? You talked a little bit about walking the walk, talking the talk. Is there, you know, when you're setting up a gate, are you pointing the line in a specific direction? Are you, are you putting signage up? Are you putting barriers up? A combination of all the above? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, bike racks... Bike racks are my best friends during, uh, you know, huge festivals. Uh, it depends on how many people are there and what the plot of the 
of the land is it, it just depends on how it is if I'm going to set up like a maze to you know slow the people down or I'm just going to have straight lanes mm-hmm. and just let them come flying through talk, talk a little bit about that what's what's the advantage of having a maze to slow people down <clears throat> versus versus straight lines so I would say straight lines are, are a lot better for whenever you're actual entry point is not at one time you know like um like for instance trail of lights people show up all at the same time well i mean if they buy the the zip ticket they're they're all going to show up at one time Mm -hmm. in between like an hour and a half span and that's only about a quarter of the festival so the the rest of the patrons they're just going to go through normal ga or they're going to have zip passes and get there late and it doesn't really, it's not really necessary to zigzag the lines. Because, I mean, most of the time we have two people per lane. I have one person scanning and I have one person wristbanding. And I've had, I've pushed 20,000 people through that line with six lanes. And about the longest wait was probably four minutes mm-hmm. for them to get through this line. And that's pretty good for that amount of people. You know, and they're paying to get there early, so you want to make sure they get in early. It takes some trial and error sometimes, you know. I've had some bad wait times back when I was starting out and I was new. But, um, you know, you, you figure it out and you see how people move and you see how the people notice the signage. And um, it's always good to have volunteer all throughout the park directing people when they're coming off of shuttles, when they're heading into the fest. That helps a lot, too, because a lot of people don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a zigzag line is good for, I say, like a box office where you're picking up will call and you're picking up guest lists. Everybody's antsy to come pick up their credential and trying to get past everybody else because they're not even to the festival yet. They still got to walk from the box office to the festival entry point. So I feel like zigzags are a lot better than that or like the maze set up to where they just have to slowly walk around all these corners. By the time they do, there'll be a representative ready to help you. And usually that helps us out on our backside and it helps the patrons keep calmer and you know get through and get their credentials so straight lines for moving people fast through a gate zigzag lines for slower customer service issues so let's talk a little bit about ideal ratios when you're looking at uh, event attendance and you know that you have a 5,000 10,000 20,000 person event how many uh, how many personnel do you like to staff? Do you, do you think about how many personnel per thousand, or do you think about how many gates, or do you first determine how many gates you want or access points you want, and then staff accordingly? What's your what's the plan? Well, um, it depends. So if it's just one entry type, and I have twenty thousand people coming through, and it's just one credential, or maybe some small credential going into other VIP entrance, but mainly the say the twenty thousand are coming through one main gate. Um, I would most likely just, my roundabout number is probably like six to every 15,000, mm-hmm. you know, six staff members to every 15,000 per like at a, at a flow rate of about 15,000 per hour, to, mm-hmm. you know, my six guys could easily handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's coming up to like 20, I'd, I'd like to have eight, mm-hmm. eight to 10. So, um, I usually go along those rules, like around 20,000. If it's going to be a fast pace, I like to have 10 so I can bang it out real quick and mm-hmm. get them through and then cut some guys, get them off my production clock, and then make sure everybody gets in quick. You know, and then you know the next couple of days, the guys get home early, guys get to stay late. Mm-hmm. So it's even for everybody, and the patrons get in as quick as possible. Well, you always like to have one person doing the scanning and a separate person doing the wristbanding. 
usually if that's how it's going to be, if we're going to use actual paper wristbands, then that works the best for me because somebody holding wristbands and then holding a scanner at the same time and trying to flop back and forth, it can get a little hairy. You, you don't want to be dropping wristbands on the ground because who knows what you're charging for these wristbands and who knows who's going to pick it up and run off with it. Mm-hmm. You want to create that seamless customer experience at the entry point. Oh, absolutely. So... In regards to on-site operations and best practices, what advice can you give to someone who's new to the event industry or maybe having their own event at a smaller scale? Um, well, I guess most of my advice comes in ticketing. I, I, I've seen a lot of people sneak into festivals, and I've seen a lot of people fake badges. How do you handle that? How do you handle the fake oh, badge? Man. How do you I, handle I've the sneaking? People, what's, I've, I've got a lot of stories about that. Please, let's hear them. So uh, probably the funniest I would say is um, at ACL a couple years ago, we had these guys going around, and they would take a picture of our press board, and they would do it right in front of a security guard. The security guard, you know, these guys are making $10, $12 an hour. They don't even realize or probably don't care. So these guys, they would go home, and they would print out a picture of a picture of our passport. And, uh, you know, our, our badges, they have RFID chips in them, so they would wad up a little piece of paper, put it in between the two printouts and laminate it and it would, they these we when we caught them these these badges were at least an inch and a half bigger than ours so you could obviously tell they were fake they were a little pixelated it did not look legit one bit and uh we we caught some guys and we go back to the guards and show everybody's like how, how how do you let this go by you know and one of the guards is like oh i think i remember seeing a guy take a picture of this it's like really man like come on dude but you know like i said they they don't make that much money. They're not. In, they're not. Their, their taking, skin's not in the game. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not off anything off their back. So, um, I've seen that. I've also seen kids jump gates, and usually that's the security guard's job to go catch them. But if the security guard's not paying attention. I don't care. I'm gonna still go chase you myself. I'll have a security guard coming. I'm not. I'm not gonna touch them, but I'll have a security guard handle that. But you're not gonna jump a gate in my festival and let me let me see that. I've never snuck into a festival so I don't expect other people to sneak into my festivals so always always have a vigilant eye out for fraud I guess oh yeah um, that and uh, people with passing off I hate when people pass off wristbands so tell, talk about that what what does that mean to pass off a wristband oh, and uh, how do you catch it and how do you help prevent it I mean I saw some people during trail of lights handing wristbands over the gates um, I saw people cutting them at ACO and they would just put a little pin at the bottom and just pin it back together and walk through and just cover it up with their hand or their sleeve and just click it on the RFID scanner and boom it flashes green there and security guards don't they're not really visually checking every wristband some do a lot of them do but some of them don't Um, one thing is I wish security would get better security companies would pay their guys better so they would care a little bit more and they could get a little bit more training on this but you know that's a whole another another can of worms yeah a big one so how do you stay current about your industry what resources do you look for or do you have a peer network that you go to how do you keep your your ear to the ground when it comes to the event industry i feel like i have a good way of keeping my ear to the ground and learning new things and and just um you know just like learning from other companies because i work for about four or five different production companies i not just with C3 anymore, so I, I work with a lot of different people. I meet new people, and they always have something new to teach me, and I have something new to teach them. And 
I just pretty much learned from working with peer-to-peer environment, yeah. Any words of advice to someone who's interested in getting started in the event industry? Um, think about it. Think if you like traveling, if you like a lot of long hours and late nights. But sometimes you're off of work for a long time, and that's really cool, too. Um, you just got to really have a thick skin, be able to deal with irate customers when you have to, and keep a smile on your face. Um, you got to be very well organized on top of the game and know what's going to happen at all times. Be prepared for anything. Um, other than that, it's just uh, getting out there and learning how everything works and getting hands-on experience. Um, that's the best way to learn. Uh, start from the bottom and work your way up to the top. Any parting thoughts or words of wisdom or advice for an event professional out there who's maybe having their first event or putting on their first uh, festival to a small degree, something like that? Um, I would say keep an eye on all of your departments. Make sure uh, everybody's doing things legitimately. Um, I've seen a lot of people inside of new festivals and companies just handing out wristbands here and there to friends and stuff and that going unaccounted for and kind of take advantage of things. I would just keep an eye on everybody. Um, you'll learn you'll see things will go wrong and you'll learn how to prevent them. Um, but I think you'll be all right. Um, you'll get it down. And after the first one, it, the next one's always going to be easier and easier and roll a lot smoother. Clint, thanks so much for joining us today at Tidbits with TicketBud. Everyone, Clint Colfus, professional gate manager. Well, thanks for having me. Of course.